0: Hey guys, this is Paper in Pain. I'm Steve. And this is Christian. Hi, everybody. today. How are you? I haven't talked to you for like weeks now I guess. few feels like forever. Uh, I
1: think I was taking something that I would call a mental break mm-hmm. uh, which is surprisingly tied to a topic that we want to discuss today which is pretty much just that uh, mental wellness. In, mm-hmm. uh, I think it just made me think of how important it is to just take a few moments for yourself every now and then and focus on feeling well. Uh, so, let me just ask you a quick question, Steve, while we're at mm-hmm. it. When was the last time you did something nice for yourself? Um,
0: I guess yesterday. What did you do? How did you treat yourself? Oh, I just went to To watch the movie by myself. Oh, so what did what did you watch? Uh, the did *Astoria City* by Wes Anderson. You know that's one of the hot topics these days. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, I should. I skipped the past couple Wes Anderson's films, but you should you should really catch it up. Thanks for the recommendation. We'll do we'll do. But uh, that's actually pretty nice. Mm-hmm. That you. You did something that a lot of people uh, specifically have doubts about whether they should, uh, you know, go to the cinema alone.
0: But right, in yeah, general, That's one yeah. of the definition of loneliness, isn't it? Like I, I, came to read like those different levels of solidarity, and going to movie theater to watch a movie was actually one on the list.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I. In, in general, I just wanted to talk to you about three things today, and the first one is that uh, as someone who lives in Singapore and has lived in Singapore uh, for, well, a better part of your life as an adult, you have definitely been exposed to uh, the culture here, the learning culture, the work culture, a bit more than I was, but... Do you share the same sentiment that people here are in general very overworked and very burnt out? And what do you personally attribute it to? Because I have my theory as to why this happens, but do want to uh,
0: hear what your thoughts on this are. Uh, First, yes, totally agree with you. I I believe people in Singapore are... You know, it's not I believe, it's actually based on the research fact. And Singapore is actually one of the s- cities that people are stressing out most globally because the rising, the, the super high living, cost of living, living standard, and then super long working hour. And personally, for myself, being in this country for more than 13 years now, I, I feel people are generally just busy every day and yeah it's just overworking is one part of it it's just like sometimes you're just being busy because people surrounding you are not being busy and they're just pushing you forward and, and you don't feel comfortable if, if you're just slowing down you feel like you're being lagging behind and you have this peer pressure to pushing you forward forcing you pushing uh, forward and, and something you can't really help much unless you voluntarily to really do something against to it?
1: I feel like it is very ironic that everybody in a way feels that they are burnt out and that they need a break, mm-hmm. but they look at somebody else and that somebody is pushing it real hard and that makes them want to do the same. So it ends up being this never ending circle of, oh, a friend of mine is doing that. So I have to do that as well. And then a friend of yours is looking at you and they're like, oh, this dude is doing it so fine. I got to do it too. In this never-ending <laughs> circle, it is just so ridiculous. The, basically,
0: you're just telling me formal culture is it.
1: Exactly, but in it's so exaggerated. In, uh, okay, just for anybody who might be listening, and I know we do have a few listeners uh, outside of Singapore. Uh, so, the y- you know how... W- The most notorious long hours in Japan or the 996 culture in China that they tell you about or you learn about in the media, where people work so long and so hard that they literally break down, sometimes physically, sometimes, oftentimes mentally. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them cannot endure the pressure of long working hours, Mm -hmm. uh, the the scope of work that keeps growing and the amount of, uh, of work that you need to do. It just never, never stops gushing in. But, uh, the reality that we are talking about is a little different because surprisingly enough, uh, Singapore is not that kind of a place. Uh, I mean, there are definitely lots of people here who work extremely long hours and the, the workload that they have to endure is tremendous. Uh, on average, and again, what we are exposed to is designers, at least agencies, in-house designers, uh, the uh, average week is still like five, 5.5, I think, official working days in many companies, uh, where Saturday mm-hmm. is sort of in, it is a working day, it may be a working day on some occasions, but you still get a weekend anyway. Uh, do, do and you work on Saturday. Oh, I did on many occasions, uh, but... Is that written
0: on your contract?
1: Uh, well, uh, I can't really talk about what's written on my contract, but uh, I can tell you that on many contracts that I have seen, mm-hmm. the 5.5 uh, days working week is actually stipulated in what that means is you are not getting paid for an overtime work. And if you are getting compensated, uh, as in, for instance, getting one extra day off in lieu of that Saturday, it is at the discretion of your employer, which means that, well, there are occasions when you might have to work on a Saturday and that would still be considered as your working day. But again, uh, that is, there's
0: yeah. something very, um, New to me because (laughs) there is rather an exception, yeah. Maybe the the job I did before, um, uh, maybe I was one of the lucky ones. It it never came to me that it's written on a contract that I have to, yeah. No, i that I have. So, what, what, what,
1: what I'm saying here is we don't actually have to even take that into consideration. Uh, take the 5.5 days out of the equation. Take the extra long hours or occasional overtime that you have to pull. You still have mm-hmm. this culture that revolves around uh, getting the job done and getting a lot of it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a culture of very little rest and personal time. Uh, lack mm-hmm. of leisure uh, is in not only is options available for you, but also as options that you would be exploring. Uh, a lot of people and I saw it yesterday. Uh, there was a poster at a bus stop uh, that literally uh, said that one out of every three Singaporeans uh, opts for a shopping therapy as opposed to psychotherapy, and that shopping is so. Therapy? That is so ridiculously accurate. <laughs> that a lot of people would just go up there and spend money on things they do not need just to feel better in the moment is that is the only way for them to deal with this tremendous pressure they have to endure. And in case of designers, that is also quite apparent because I've seen a lot of them burning out. I've seen a lot of them dealing with lots of issues, especially recently and I think one of it is definitely, just like you said, it is uh, peer pressure, is definitely the cost of living. But there is also one thing that we do not really talk enough about, which is the stigma around mental health and the mm-hmm. lack of understanding of what it essentially comprises being mentally healthy or the opposite, uh, having a mental impairment or just facing issues and challenges. It could be solved through therapy or with medication or a combination of both. Uh, In plain words, people are not ready to seek help. And people think that help is for someone who can't function. And you would hear that, well, I'm still functioning, I'm bringing food at the Mm -hmm. table, so why do I need help?
0: Is this something I can resonate with? Um, i think generally just in the asian setting we, we are educated to to it's like we've been taught to do to to grow up the kind of person that you shouldn't show your weakness it's like don't ask for your help because that's gonna show your weakness it show like i'm weak i need help and that that's not good basically that, that's what culture normally Cultivated Asian kids from very young age, like being vulnerable
1: is in and of itself a dangerous thing, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: that puts you in a position where you can't achieve any substantial results, whatever it is you're doing, and you can't succeed in life if you're vulnerable. So you always need to conceal it, you always need to hide it from everybody and yourself, and. This argument that comes in that well, there are other people who who get it worse. So why are you complaining? Or like, I never needed it, and your grandfather never needed it either. So why do you need that? Uh, and I'm yes, I, I I do not want to get started on this whole. Well, grandfather's always been. Uh, This miserable alcoholic uh, kind of a discussion where, yeah, if you start digging into it, you would always find this personal story that would show you that, well, it wasn't all, you know, rainbows and unicorns. There's always something wrong with all of them because they suppress this so hard. But uh, what what surprises me the most is not the fact that, say, older generation does this uh, and the alcoholic bit is actually like... Uh, something that I've seen quite a lot of uh, in, in in the past and in my family in particular, where mm-hmm. you would have the older generation or especially someone a few generations removed who would have appeared as this perfect human on the surface. But once you actually start like asking questions about their past or you just start digging into it, you realize it was just a pile of issues, unresolved, untreated, that... It resulted in them just self destroy, like opting for self destruction because well that was the only viable option they had. And what surprises me the most is that there's a lot of younger people that say the same. There's a lot of younger people uh, who use the same argument that I am functioning, I'm doing fine. That means that I do not need anybody's help, and I'm again, guilty as charged. I've I was just like that until very recently. It's just like that uh, wallowing in self-pity, uh, feeling constantly bad about myself, struggling to deal with all the issues that I've been facing are, to a point. Are you, are you all right? That is, that is a great question. And I think that is the question that we do not ask uh, each other enough. Are you all right? I'm gonna answer I, the question.
0: <laughs> we we nobody just ask how are you, but yeah, the, it, just it, there's, courtesy.
1: There's a huge difference, right? Yeah, y- you ask someone how how they are, and you're just welcoming them, and they say, "Well, I'm good," because that's the answer that you give. But are you okay? Yeah. Are you all right? Are you happy? That is something that never comes up in those discussions. I'm Perfect. personally doing good because uh, I got treatment that I needed desperately. Uh, I started therapy, uh, and I only regret that I started it so late. I could have saved a lot of nerves and a lot of time and a lot of, uh, struggle I could have avoided if I had started it earlier. But I, I like to think that that was, you know, the moment when I was finally ready for it. Uh, I'm functioning not as a, you know, as an excuse for not seeking help, but I'm functioning at a level that I never thought I could achieve because right now I'm not obsessed with, you know, dealing with my inner struggles. Uh, And a lot of it is due to getting professional help that I needed, uh, allocating some time and resources to do that, uh, getting enough support from my friends. So thank you, Steve, for being there for me.
0: Are you all right? That's my honor. I'm good, yeah. I mean, my mom was here last week, so basically I have to spend a whole week with her, and that was maybe one of the happiest week I had since the big pandemic. Um, I haven't seen my mom for four years, almost, and last time she came to Singapore was like 11 years ago and a lot of things changed since then when she came to Singapore last time I was still a poor student so I didn't have enough mm-hmm. money to bring her around and well this time I I can um, financially capable of bringing her around and yeah looks like she's enjoying her stay here pretty happy and so glad to hear that yeah. You know, it came to it came to be my attention that, you know, at the end of the day, your work is still just your work, and no matter where you are, you will live your life. But family is always the first priority. No matter what, no matter your family is beside you or they're far away from you, try to find a way to connect with them, and they're always supporting you no matter what.
1: Yeah. So, uh, see, we. Bringing us back to the topic of the the family and how the family can either help us, like in your case, reconnecting with your family helps you feel better. It helps your family feel better as well, and it ties those ends that you know that were not tied before, and it essentially makes you feel complete. Uh, at the same time, I can see that family plays a detrimental role in many cases uh, when it's the family that pushes the person the other way around, unfortunately. Uh, Like you said, there's peer pressure. There's also pressure from the family side. Are you getting married? Are you buying a house? When are you moving out? (laughs) All of your friends, they're all bankers and accountants and doctors. And why are you a designer? And lawyer? Oh, yeah, and lawyers, obviously <laughs> lawyers. How could I forget about that <laughs> at the end of I- the day, they just multiply this uh mm-hmm. those issues that they themselves have, they project them onto onto their kids, and instead of you know resolving them, they just keep this wheel going. it just keeps spinning so i I'm just uh, happy to see that. People uh, like yourself, they do have not only creative outlets, but also a personal outlet, a place or, or a person that they can connect with to feel better and they allocate time to do so. I think in my case, that is one of the milestones that I do want to hit as well. I do want to learn how to allocate a little more time to doing things that I love other than uh, my professional uh tasks in all the jobs that i have uh, because well freeing yourself from that and allowing yourself to do something else uh, well it'll, it appears to be a tough challenge actually not only to it me is, but to a lot actually, of people
0: i mean it can be draining as well it can be exhausting and to be honest when you're talking about the the opposite effect push from your family I think I'm also experienced that. I mean, all parents that want the kids to, to grow up, to have their family, to, to have the kids, to basically to live the life, the kind of a life they want them to be, and many of this effect can be in the name of love, but actually have kept this uh, counterproductive effect. Um, there's always two sides of coin. I mean, when my mom was here, I I did enjoy the day, the other moment with her. Like, I brought her to take a walk in East Coast Park, and the the view was amazing. The the, the, day, the day was a very beautiful day. And they would just take a walk there. Everything looked so tranquil, so nice. And then suddenly she started to ask me, oh, yeah, by the way, um, have you figured out a plan, like, when I'm getting married? <laughs> oh. and, and it was like, sometimes... You're just in the mood that everything is so perfectly fine there and it just one sentence can ruin the whole conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think it's but, it's it's even more than just one sentence if you dig a little deeper into it. Uh think about it this way. Uh mm-hmm. it takes a lot of growth and well reflection. To actually identify those patterns in yourself and start fixing them. I can see a lot of instances when I'm being uh, extremely pushy, when I'm being uh, mm-hmm. arrogant, you know, self-focused and self-centered, when i not being empathetic enough, but I try mm-hmm. to identify those moments. I try to reflect on them properly and think about why I do what I do and then find a way to fix them. Uh, in terms of parents, uh, it is a little more tricky if they are not you know, actively reflecting this way, if they are being themselves essentially and they're not really working on growing in that regard, changing the way they communicate with uh, their kids and their family, changing their views, beliefs. Uh, I think uh, what matters is... Uh, also our response to it because you are a healthy sane adult this way uh for lack of a better word here you know that <laughs> your mum means best for you and you do not take this as a personal offense or a peer pressure or family pressure you see this as just uh, the way that your mum demonstrates affection which is i mean is nice uh and you're not really letting this uh, simple question, you know, destroy your confidence or affect your plans in any way. Because I have seen people who give up to this pressure and they live their lives according to what their parents wanted for them. Which ended up with everybody being miserable because parents never got what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And people never essentially achieved what they themselves aspired to achieve. So... Yeah, totally. If, if my mom wanted me to be an interpreter or a historian or whoever she wanted me to be, a diplomat, I'm so sorry, mom. I became a designer. Uh, I think, I hope, I know she's proud of me. She loves me. I love her a lot. But uh, it doesn't matter what she wanted exactly because what she really wants for me was to be happy, healthy and, you know, for us to be a family, and in reality, this is very often the case that we need to remind ourselves of as designers. This is our job to always uncover what the user needs rather than what the user says they want.
0: And in this case, your mother is your user, is it?
1: Well, in this case, yes, the mother is the user. I I'm am, in a way a designer and a stakeholder yeah build some empathy maps uh facilitate a couple of interviews you know never let your emotions get in the way of this discussion
0: so each walk with your mind is going to be a user interview
1: oh it's like an ethnographic study yeah. an <laughs> yeah. immersion trip into my mother's mind
0: yeah and then how do you do the testing too to prove your hypothesis.
1: Oh, in this case, it's only experiments. You can't really do UTs because you don't have a sample that is large enough. You know, you've only got one user. So,
0: <laughs> well, you got your
1: dad. Then. Uh well, uh, I because got my brother. You got the same persona. I got my granny. Uh, they are different personas, though. You know, <laughs> polar opposites of each other. There's like a super user. Uh, there's a novice mm-hmm. user, there's someone who's just browsing, you know, not really involved. So <laughs> you need slightly different features to make everybody feel happy. But uh, jokes aside, though, you know, mm-hmm. uh, except for a few uh, for a few uh, cases when, you know, parents are in fact uh dysfunctional themselves they're facing issues and they're projecting those issues onto you and it ends up being you know a destructive force in your life rather than anything productive uh, a lot of our family members uh, friends that we look up to mentors they do not mm-hmm. really want to dictate to you exactly what to do because they only project onto you what they themselves see as a result or an outcome of the state they want you to achieve they want you to be happy so focus on that focus on being happy and when they see that you are that would make everybody happy as well and i know i know it's not it's not clear cut like that there's it's a lot more complicated than this right it's it's multi-layered and again it comes down to this whole discussion of seeking help and getting you know professionals involved in it reflecting Mm -hmm. on it and working on it but at the end of the day I'm pretty sure there is an answer that is different than I did what my mother wanted as a result I'm unhappy because it's not what I wanted to do do not give up on your dreams because somebody tells you that they're not going to work out you know
0: let me tell you just a very simple story. And you are actually quite lucky because your mother wanted you, like, to be a historian or become an interpreter or a diplomat. Uh, for my mother in this case, she doesn't know what a designer is actually, or what does a product designer do. Even if I try to explain to her. I don't think my mother does either. <laughs> <laughs> but but one thing, when when I told my mom that, okay, mom, I'm going to change my job. I don't want to be in architectural industry anymore. I want to translate into digital design. Oh, that's a like, tough oh, conversation. And then my mom was like, "Are you sure you want to do that? You like you're going to waste your four years of experience there." And I was like, "Yeah," because I feel, I don't feel and I want to be stuck into, the old style like the mistake i have made the first step when i graduated from university and i think now it's still early enough to make the transition to make it worthy and my mom was like okay but i'm still worried about your future and then my dad was like just let him be yeah and now what i'm telling my mom is i love my job i enjoy every day i doing something I enjoy doing. I'm dealing with people I love to hang out with. And if you don't believe, come over here, see by everyday. I can probably bring around to meet a few of my friends. You see how they live their life. So mm. my mom went actually, she, she went and greeted a few of my friends. We went out for the walk, we went out for dinner, brought her for chili crabs, and she loved it. And now she validate her hypothesis, like, mm. I, I was happy and I'm living a happy life. And that's that's all she wants.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think that's a really good example, right? Uh, a lot of people see this. And again, I'm not like, we're not licensed therapists, right? We're not in any way trying to give anybody advice as to what they need to do. We're just sharing our stories. Uh, what I found to be working pretty well was not seeing this as, as a confrontation, which is what a lot of people that I spoke with see this as, as an I'm going to confront my parents about this because they want me to do that. And I have other aspirations, but rather a conversation that you need to have, uh, in, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it worked in your case. Uh, it did work in mine. Although again, my mother never actually pushed me down any particular lane. It was just something that she, tried to inspire me to do, like, you need to study languages. And, well, she was right uh, in Mm -hmm. that regard. They did uh, open up many different opportunities for me. But uh, I would love to see this discussion as, you know, as a discussion, as as a conversation, uh, a user interview, if you will, where instead of actually trying to, you know, state the fact, you are trying to find a way to demonstrate the value in 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 this case you're trying to show that well you are achieving something or you want to achieve something that was going to make you happy well that should make everybody happy in this situation so uh, in a nutshell do not give in to peer pressure allocate time uh for yourself to do something that you love and be with the people that you enjoy being with and if something does not work out if you feel like there's just a little too much of pressure coming from either your friends or your family try to understand what they actually mean uh, what they want uh, in a way I think that is one of the one of the critical things that we all need to do if we want to feel happier especially in the environment that is putting us under so much pressure from all sides that demands us to work hard and work long hours with a lot of different uh, stimuli coming from everywhere and many of them being negative with a lot of sentiments you know pushing us down this like depressive
0: lane and do not hesitate to seek professional help. Actually, that reminds me of something else. So we'll be spending like half an hour talking about how we can enhance ourselves, like improve ourselves internally yeah. by um, setting up a different mindset and talk to your user. In this case, it can be your family, it can be your close friend, it can be a relative. Um, but what about the external factors? Since you just mentioned that, the the long working hours, the stress, this, uh, most of the time very negative effect from your workplace, from your colleagues, and how, how should we What kind of approach should we actually take to deal with them? To to not letting ourselves, um, like, being dragged too much from by them.
1: Oh, that's a question I keep asking myself every single day. Uh, Look, I I think we we need to unpack two different uh, parts over here. Uh, Mm -hmm. The first part being, you know, just dealing with uh, the external circumstances, uh, either embracing them or trying to change them. And the second part is, uh, which I think we need to talk about as well within, you know, the the episode, uh, is dealing with uh, things beyond. beyond simple challenges so in particular mental illnesses or mental disabilities uh, which i think contributes a lot uh to well how we feel how we function especially when it's a an impairment like adhd which uh Mm -hmm. Again, maybe it's just because it's a, it's a personal thing and I know a few things about it as I'm dealing with it uh, uh, and I see a lot of people dealing with it as well uh, that contributes to many of us feeling unhappy and unwell without often even knowing what they're struggling with. So uh, I think on the external circumstances, the answer is... Uh, n- I mean, it is pretty simple, right? There are things that you cannot change, period. The fact that you do need a source of income to survive uh, is one of these, right? You, you do need money and you, can, you can't accept, like, there's no escape. Uh, the reality is, well, it's cruel that way. But unless you go into the forest and live there, most likely illegally because, well, it's state land or it's owned by somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. let's say working hours, right? So, uh, I mean, if you are unhappy at a workplace because they make you work long hours and you feel like you're not learning anything, you're not getting anything out of it and you're getting burnt out, what I see a lot is many of the people uh, that i that i talk to they struggle with that very situation but they mm-hmm. are so afraid of leaving that they just stick to it they get used to it they try it to find like a much. silver lining uh, that i mean rightfully so especially in this climate if you think rationally right but uh, let me ask uh, everybody ourselves included If we are unhappy with what we do now, and at the same time, we keep thinking rationally, oh, the climate is so bad, the economy is so bad, there are no jobs available. So I'm going to stick to what I do today. Uh, First of all, how long will we survive doing what we do not like or doing it at a place where we're not feeling happy? How long until you break? How long until you start hating what you do? And I've been there in a situation where I literally felt so unhappy with what I was doing Mm -hmm. that I ended up leaving and never looked back. I ended up leaving the job that I hated and I never looked back at not only the workplace, but the profession itself. And now I'm thinking, if I was so unhappy uh, being a designer at a company where I have to pull long hours doing I don't even know what without feeling that I'm learning anything, without getting anything out of it. Uh, And I don't just mean financially, right? But in general, I know there are people devoted to the cause. I know there are people who are happy to work long hours because they're working on something impactful, something great. But if you're just grinding because your boss tells you so and it keeps on going and you feel like, well, you're about to break, uh, that is what is likely going to happen. And I've seen people who would just give up on the profession and move on and find something else. If you really want to get to that point, that might be the the end of, of your journey, say, as a designer.
0: But it, it would never be too late to... To make to make a change, you know, or, or to make a decision in your life, you know, it's a saying always goes: the best time to plant apple tree was ten years ago, and the second best time was right now. So, um,
1: exactly, it's, it's same it, to like, it,
0: yeah, it, like when f- you want to learn a music instrument, many people was actually telling me like, oh yeah, so you play music, you play quite good. When did you start it? And I was like, okay, for this instrument, I started primary school for that instrument I started like only last year. And he said, Well isn't isn't it too late to play that? You're like almost reaching 30 years old. And I was like, no, it's in you know if you ask every musician in this industry, in the in, in the world of musician, like you're asking the question like, what age is the best age to learn piano? And then all the musicians will tell you. I mean musician with very strong honesty and uh, uh, they, they were just telling you any age will do. There are people like they started learning piano when they're like 85 years, so they still can play pretty well. So age is just a number. And like what you said just now, if you really find out that the job you didn't really enjoy and you want to make a change, make a switch from one career to the other career, feel free to. But yes, that's a very important decision. That's a big decision. And of some, some most of the time, it's not an easy decision. But what's fun of life if there's not any risk? Oh, uh, absolutely! But think
1: about it this way: uh, age is not just a number. Age is also the experience that you bring with you. And when you transition to another field, say you want to transition to another field you're also taking this experience with you, right? So you yes. you are effectively not the same as someone who is, like, fresh out of high school because you have much more to contribute right now. They may be better at certain things. You would complement them from the other side and, well, you would make a great team together. But uh, I, I want to also look at it from the, like, from the economic standpoint right uh people keep saying that well the job market is bad there's no openings nothing's available think about it this way was it is it a good time to like leave your job that pays well today and start looking for something else well someone would tell you no it's not just just wait it out and maybe leave like next year or in a couple years but if you start looking back at it you could also think well Was 2008 also good? Well, no, maybe you should just wait a little bit and you keep rewinding like that. Oh, there's a dot-com bubble, 2000. Now I need to keep rewinding all the way to 1920s to, I don't know, the pyramids. (laughs) Because it's never a great time, right, that way. Because if you look at it rationally, there is never this perfect 10-year cycle when nothing's happening and it's just growing and growing and going up There will always be turbulence, right? Right now is not an amazing time to be a designer, period, right? Whether you're a freelancer or you're an in-house designer, an agency designer, and there's not too many jobs available, but it does not mean that there's nothing out there for you. It does not mean that there's no opportunities, even beyond design. Maybe it is your chance to explore something else. So sacrificing mental wellness for the sake of stable pay, for the sake of predictability, is understandable. And I'm not judging anyone out here. I understand that people have commitments. Some have families. You have bills to pay, right? You depend on a lot of things. And yeah, you have this like compromise threshold that that you, you feel like you have not crossed yet. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you have to just deal with it, embrace it, and, you know, accept the fact that you are unhappy. Yeah, Start exploring other things as well. Or maybe focus on feeling better. Maybe focus on getting better. Maybe, and again, every situation is different, but maybe if you're pulling long hours, all you need to do is just to talk to your boss. And if you feel like you're not growing, maybe your manager should be the one to pay attention to it. And if they're good enough, you know, they might actually point you in the right direction. And that could lead you into another good conversation where, uh, you did not feel like you were growing. You were unhappy. You were ready to start looking for another job. You're on it. You want to talk to your boss and you put together a plan, uh, in many cases, fighting for your rights or or at least, you know, don't, don't see this as a battle. Uh, see this as, you know, just standing up for yourself. Uh, yeah. That helps a lot in, do not see this as something, you know, that requires a drastic oh, one minute change. Nobody's asking you to like uproot your life. Uh, just try to focus on feeling well and try to identify, you know, just like you said, Things that you can change and things that you can have, have like no control over. If you are in a toxic environment, run. Toxicity yeah. is really hard to get rid of, and it's not worth it. Uh, find the second place, the second best option, and run. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and actually, it brings me to a very, just very stoic view of thing. like, things. Like, since that we have no control over, we. Just you can either choose to ignore it or you choose to run away from it, and at least you should stop worrying about it. Because why should you worry about things? Was thinking over and over again about things yeah. that you have no control over. And another thing, when you're talking about the toxicity at work, it reminds me of the game I'm using. I recently playing. It's basically you're also fighting against your inner fear, and the fear in the game is actually um, it's like a pool of tar. It's like you know this black huh. nasty tar that's trying to drag you down, and you try to find your way out from it. Whenever you've been caught by them, um, yeah. it, it's it's a perfect metaphor like how you run away from toxic people, toxic workplace, and yeah. you are running for your life. So, yeah, brace yourself and run away from it.
1: Exactly, exactly. Because when you find yourself a few years later. And you realize that what you did was the right decision. It helped you, you know, open your eyes to what was happening to you. It helped you find a better place for yourself. Uh, you will see that, well, the only question that you would have is why Why does I do it so late? Like, why do I have to wait so long? Which kind of brings me to the last thing I wanted to discuss, uh, which was dealing with. Uh, mental issues and mental impairments, because uh, mm-hmm. the thing is that while being, you know, uh, in a toxic environment, feeling pressure, working long hours, struggling with finding a new job, might be uh, challenging. It, it might be tough. It may take toll on your mental wellness, and a lot of people neglect their uh, the the personal side of themselves focusing on work and money uh but w- in terms of mental impairments that is the thing mm-hmm. in for instance i i bring up adhd i also want to put depression there is is a uh, disease that uh, you can't really you know fix with positive thinking and cuddles right mm-hmm. there comes a time when other measures just cannot do much for you no matter how much you reflect no matter how many great people you surround yourself with uh if you're feeling that you might be dealing with something uh more than just you know a momentarily uh, challenge it might be more serious than you think and in this case, it does require intervention. It does require attention, for professional who would find the right treatment for you. And I've seen a lot of people here who are afraid of being judged, being judged by a doctor because, well, why so late? Uh, if if you've uh, if you've been observing those symptoms for years, why only now? And they start chastising you for it. It's real story. Uh, I've seen people who just are generally terrified of making this first step because they do not know what they're going to deal with. Uh, I've seen people who think that again, as long as they are functional, they do not need professional help. And well, adding the if stigma if the and to start
0: to ask you why. It, it yeah. sounds a little bit rude already. It's you know. Why itself is actually a heavy word. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, the, so. the, if you know, if the doctor asks you uh, in that manner, why the hell have you not sought treatment before? <laughs> I don't think that is the kind of doctor you want to be treating no. you in the first place, no. <laughs> really. Really no. And I, I want to. You know, for for anybody who might be listening to it uh, for 45 minutes straight, uh, there are different kinds of professionals. And if you were unhappy to have met one of these, which again, we can uh, definitely feel for you, been there, uh, it does not matter. Like, it does not mean that all of them are the same. You can always go to to another one. You can just reach out and ask your friends, you know, anyone uh, out there who might recommend a specialist. And trust me, we will be more than happy to refer you to one. By we, I don't mean me and Steve. I mean you as your friends. Because at the end of the day, we want our friends to be happy as well. So if you're facing challenges... And if you know that those challenges might be more than this this instance of 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 weakness, a moment, uh, a, a short period of you know just just feeling down, maybe is a good time to actually reach out to a professional. But I would say just like Steve said, uh, there's no better time than now, regardless. Uh, it is always great to have someone who would listen to you, who would help you find your better self, who would help you uncover your potential, who would help you deal with the challenges. So even if you do not have those symptoms, and even if you're not dealing with anything, well, it might make sense to have this support system, you know, in the face of... Uh, kind doctor therapist who would help you uncover some of the things that might be hidden or just help you deal with your day-to-day situations better be your stronger self you know a happier self yep exactly
0: um and be there with for your friends if they if you if they need you and well keep yourself connected that's why we're still going over of biking nowadays, aren't we?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, just, you know, just remember that your friends uh, are not really your doctors, so don't try to, like, unload uh, everything onto them. It's going to overload them as well. Exactly. And don't try to, like, seek professional advice from your help, from, from your friends, because, again, they're, they're not, not professional. Th- yet. And don't ask us for that either. <laughs> this episode is an unhinged uh discussion of you know just uh, our personal vulnerabilities and things that we are dealing with in our case these are the things that have been helping us deal with everything and we know that we are not uh you know we're not perfectly well we're not perfectly happy because well there's no such thing as a perfectly happy person, right? But we started working on it uh, at some point of our lives, and uh, we've seen some things get better in time, and we've we've seen how it changes, you know, uh, the the world around you. I I think the last thing I wanted to say was, uh, way back then when I was still in that dark, uh, despair, diff- cloud of depression, anxiety, uh, undiagnosed uh, impairment. I, I always thought that the world around me was designed to prevent me from doing things that I loved and wanted the most. That the world was naturally a bad, dangerous, cruel place, and I could do nothing about it. And the amount of things that I thought were unchangeable and beyond my control just like we were talking about I thought these were everywhere so I would treat the world as such as a hostile place I would see people as potentially dangerous you know I would struggle to make friends and connections I would struggle to find good jobs and do better jobs and as a result everything was not going well and this this whole this whole wheel just kept kept on spinning but every time someone would bring up therapy would bring up uh professional help uh, anything you know I would say well I'm not in a place where I need it because I feel like it could always get worse and when it does I will ask for help I would think oh it is too expensive I can't afford it or I would think well I don't have the time for it I have other priorities right now so i would feel uh, i would feel bad and i would keep feeling bad because i would be afraid of the change that this would bring and when it did happen when i did get diagnosed when i did get help this transformation that occurred to me it had also projected itself onto the world uh, and I saw it for what it was, really. I saw it as a place that is full of beautiful people, that is full of great opportunities. A place where I can realize my potential and potentially help other people realize theirs as well. A place where yeah. there's a lot of people who are ready to support you and a lot of people who are ready to help. Empathetic individuals, uh, loving, caring individuals. In The amount of things that I cannot control and change is actually not as huge as I thought it was. So dealing with all of this is much easier now when I get help than it it was back then. So I would urge you to not extend this period of suffering if you are experiencing it. I would urge you to... Think about the benefits that it would bring you, but most importantly to not be afraid of the change that will occur to you. It won't be a momentarily thing. It won't happen overnight. It is a process, but it's a process you grow to love. It's a process that you appreciate. And the outcome of this process is better at every single front.
0: And most importantly, it's sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. It helps it helps you ensure that
1: your growth is sustainable and that you are working towards becoming a truly
0: better self. That's pretty much up the episode for today. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Thanks. And thank you for being there connecting with me over the moment. Thank you for being
1: vulnerable with me today, Steve. <laughs>
0: Alright, see you guys on the next episode. This is Stable in Pain, I'm Steve. I'm Christian, thanks
1: everyone.